Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Bengalis and New York show. My name is Arik and uh, we were repping it for, you know, the Bronx, Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, and all over the world. So welcome and enjoy. So I've been asking everyone uh, during quarantine time, what's the thing that you miss the most? Oh, I, I definitely miss uh, seeing my friends in person because, um, you know, there's just a different level of affection and connection that you get with uh, being in person. Uh, so that's, that's definitely something I, I miss uh, a lot. Um, but of course, you know, for the safety of everyone, uh, we've all been staying inside. You know, I would think that because of the timing of your short film, this is Again, we're very fortunate. We're all safe. But this is bad, really bad timing for you, right? Because you were just ramping up marketing for the short film, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we had a lot of screenings planned, uh, private screenings. We were going to do another one. And we had already done two in New York. We were going to do another one in Jamaica, Queens for the larger community and, you know, at a lower price point because the, the other two were a little bit more uh, expensive. So this one was going to be for, for just everyone. And then um, we were going to do one in Chicago and Boston and Los Angeles. And uh, so, yeah, so all of that sort of just got paused completely. Uh, we have still been, before the pandemic and and right now we we are still actively submitting to film festivals but even film festivals of course have been postponed and so yeah so it's uh, we the the short film definitely took a hit in terms of marketing and, and distribution but we're still hopeful and thinking through how we can still uh, get it out to, to people you know so Swana, that's actually a really great method especially i commend that during quarantine going back to all the films that you worked on what would you say was your most passionate film one that you felt resonated with yourself the most and conveyed a strong message to your audience ooh uh i i think i i i mean i i definitely all of my projects and i'm very passionate about and and have a connection to but I think this one ballot was definitely the biggest for me because it was uh you know we we brought on a huge team to to work on this and I was able to hire a lot of really talented Bengali actors and crew members as well so not just on camera but behind camera and uh, you know, just just women filmmakers and people of color filmmakers as well, and so that really meant a lot. And so, you know, besides just sending the message of the the film itself, which was um, to you know just to start a dialogue with with parents and and children of you know just following your dreams and sort of the obstacles we face in our culture, um, but also the the, the message off camera of like there are really talented people in our community uh, creative folks who deserve a chance to produce content yeah and I, I met uh, some of those folks at the Dawat premiere um, Nisha I don't know if you know we had the the lead actress from Dawat on the podcast Sita she's really talented and I know the lead actor too I've met him a few times super talented dude where, where do you where did you find them 
So Sita, I had actually met uh, about two years prior or maybe a year. I, I can't quite remember the timeline right at this moment, but I had known her for, for quite a bit. And from the very moment that I had met her, I had been wanting to work with her. And so I was always trying to uh, find a project that would be a good fit for her. And so when we wrote the script, I immediately reached out to her and asked her to audition. There were a few other people who had auditioned for the role of Ishita, uh, but we felt like Sisa really connected with the story the most, so we went with her. Um, and then with uh, Nafi, who plays Gamal and is the, the lead actor, he uh, was somebody that our assistant director uh, knew. And so it was, and, and some of my crew I had worked with before on other projects. And so I, I brought them on and, and my thing is generally like every project that I work on, I'm always taking note of who are the other people who are involved and who do I want to, to continue working with and bringing them back into um, future projects and making sure that, you know, we're all sort of moving forward together. So for, for the people that haven't heard of Dawat, can you give a brief synopsis of what it's about? Sure. So Dawat is a love letter to Bengali culture, the flaws, and all of the beauty at the same time. And it's the story of Ishita, who is a, she's graduating college, and she has made a decision to move across the country uh, which is a complete odds with what her mother wants for her, which is, of course, to pursue an MBA in New York. And the story uh, basically unfolds over the course of this dawat, and this one night of uh, both of them revealing to each other their desires uh, for Ishita um, and then having to sort of deal with, start, start starting to deal with those consequences um, but also because it takes place at Adawas, you get to also see the other relationships with the uncles and aunts and uh, hear our beautiful language and see the food that we eat and the clothes that we wear. And so it was just, it was a perfect setting to sort of explore um, a multiple facets of our culture. You know, you know, I would actually love to hear, Nisha, your thoughts on this, too, because one of the things I think Dawat also touches on is the double standard with, um, with, da- with daughters. Um, oh, because I, yeah. think, I think that <laughs> certainly uh, sons are given a lot more wiggle room and freedom uh, with their career choices and, what sort of, uh, and where they, would, they go for school. So I wanna, that's something it touches on. And do you guys, I'm sure you can relate to that. So, um, so Swana, as you were talking about this, I was just checking off like mental notes about what is so important to talk about with our South Asian community, especially with the older generation being our parents. You know, there is this kind of cultural norm where daughters are expected to fulfill sort of a platform and a standard. And it's so important that you're bringing that up in this film. And it's absolutely beautiful because not only have I personally felt it, I can definitely say my other friends in the Bengali community, I felt it. Is that what inspired you to create this film? Did you experience it yourself? (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah, I definitely did. Um, I I do have an older brother, and 
I think uh, in in some ways there was that double standard of you know he I mean he he certainly faced a lot of challenges as well and um, criticism uh, with, from my parents for but there was still that like idea that uh, because he was able to have a little bit more freedom than me and there was like a lot of like perfectionist ideals put on me as the younger daughter and the only daughter um of like having to be exactly what they wanted me to be um and that pressure has definitely affected me in in in, in many ways and um it was, yeah, it was definitely uh, one of a motivator for telling this story, um, and a lot of it is based off of my my personal life, um, but also why, um, you know, we had Pushball um, write a lot of the script um, so that I could sort of remove myself a little bit from it. Um, but yeah i mean it women in our society and girls in our society definitely have this like double standard of living up to a higher expectation that is incredibly unfair right i couldn't agree more there <laughs> you, you brought up pushball from khan academy and one of the other things i admired when i went to your event is it really was so many organizations coming together for this project. So you had Curated, who hosted the event. You had Khan Academy, who's supporting, and also Jala NYC. So it's like the who's who of Bengali organizations that came together to to support it, which is really admirable. Yeah, yeah. We uh, Jal was, uh, you know, Mafazul, who was the co-founder of Jal. Uh, he was the one that sort of, you know, they were the ones who uh, decided that they wanted to do something creative uh, for the community and with the community. Um, and so they had already been working on something with Chauncey, who was our director of photography. Um, and I jumped on uh, a little bit later when they put out a call for, for more help. Um, and then, you know, eventually produced it into Dawat. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the film certainly wouldn't have gotten wouldn't have been made and um, w- without all of the, the community support that we were very glad to have because there was also that, that pressure of, you know, will people like this and will they relate to it? And, and thankfully, when we put out the proof of concept um, back in February of last year, uh, we received a, a really positive reception to it. Um, and we were very, very happy about that. Sorry, I said Khan Academy. Sorry, Ivan. It's the Khan's tutorial. I always <laughs> yeah, get yeah. get those uh, get those mixed up. Ivan, uh, Ivan will kill me. Uh, how did they find you? How did who find me? How did um, how did Jal and YC uh, find you to uh, help produce? Oh uh, yeah, responded to their ad. Uh yeah yeah yeah. So I um, I I had already been supporting Jal uh, because I had hired them a while back to cater one of my events. Um, and so I was always sort of coming out to their events and there was one that they had in the summer of 2018 
And that was where they brought up that they were doing this creative project um, and that they were looking for help. And so I actually went up to them and said, hey, like I am a producer and I would love to, to help with this because it sounds great. And I've been wanting to, to do a, a film for the community and especially in Bangla. And so um, we just took it from there. I just have um, one thing I would love to ask you pertaining to mainly all your films. There seems to be like a distinctive message between each one. For instance, I might want to bring up 81% and that film, that little short part was so impactful for raising awareness. Do you believe that in the South Asian community, that's something that really needs to be touched upon? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, for people listening and who, who might not has seen 81%, um, it does touch on, uh, 81% is referring to the survey that was done by the New York Times during the, the very beginning of the Me Too movement um, of 81% of women have reported sexual assault or sexual harassment. Um, and so, yeah, that, that film wasn't necessarily made for the South Asian community, um, but it is uh, definitely a, a conversation that uh, needs to be had in our community because, I mean, of course, you know, it's, it's, it's an issue in Western society, but South Asian culture uh, is, is a little bit more regressive still. And the, the stigma around talking about it is, is so high. And that a lot of women are still really afraid to speak up for themselves because the consequences of doing that um, sometimes are life-threatening. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's definitely a, a conversation that we need to tell our women is safe to have. Right. Would you would you even go back and saying it's like that double standard again, culturally, where women need to have a certain like standard they set upon themselves? Would you say it's sort of related to that? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, the uh, most of our South Asian society, I, I, I think, is, is, you know, based off of that double standard and of, you know, of that women are are pretty much seen as kind of this inferior uh, race of human beings and uh, somebody to be controlled. Um, and that, you know, is what frames the laws and how we treat women. And um, it's, it's really, really sad. Um, and I think that it's, you know, it's it's things like this in our generation where we are trying to make reform politically in the media and in various other ways um, that will eventually lead to change. But I mean, I think we're still a long ways away from from seeing something revolutionary. Dawat was the first film you helped produce, right? Um. So yes, it was the first film where I was the uh, executive producer. Executive producer. But, okay. Yeah. yeah, I was looking at your LinkedIn and I sent you a request by the way and I and I noticed that you're still working in, in corporate America. I won't say the company, but you're still working in corporate America 
And I, what I found interesting is a lot of people like myself, let's say that work for banks or corporate America, have these side projects or passion projects that really aren't related. But you're, it seems like you're very fortunate because your passion projects or your, you know, the, your, the projects that you, you've worked on on the side are directly related to what you do uh, in your day job. So I, I, felt, I feel like you're, you're incredibly fortunate for that. Is that intentional? Yes. Uh, so I'm 100% privileged to be a, a full-time video producer at my corporate job as well. Um, and that was definitely intentional because, I mean, I when I start, I've been at that company for going on six years now. It will be six years in July. And I've held many different positions. I wasn't always in the video department. Um, but from the onset when I joined, I made it my goal and I knew that like I wanted to go into the media department because I knew it existed. And so all of the sort of like networking I did and um, career moves was always towards uh, joining the media department there. And because I, I just know that, you know, I, I have bills to pay and, um, you know, I, I take care of my mom too. And so, you know, it's, I have to sort of hold this corporate job because unfortunately the creative world uh, does not pay as much until you reach a certain level. Um, and so for me, just mentally, I knew that like, if I was going to have to be at a nine to five, I needed it to, to be something that I was actually going to enjoy and, and not dread. Yeah, that was actually going to be my follow-up question about the practicality of, of majoring in journalism and whether you received any criticism. Because I, I went to Baruch and I did finance uh, economics, but my sister-in-law went to Baruch as well, and she did journal journalism. And I and you know I know some of the responses she received from all of her friends that were doing finance and economics. You know, and then a lot of them landed jobs immediately, making a lot of money. And you know, they're like, "Well, you went to Baruch, but you did journalism." But um, you know, so I'm curious, did you receive that sort of like criticism people also, or just like people saying, you know, you're at a business school, but you're doing journalism? Yeah, uh, I certainly when uh, throughout my life, whenever I told people that I uh, want to be a journalist, the first thing they love telling me is, you know, journalists don't make money. <laughs> uh, and, um, and even now, when I tell people that I majored in journalism at Baruch, they get very confused because, yes, Baruch yeah. is known as a business school. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, for me also, Baruch actually, out of all of the CUNYs, does have the strongest journalism program. Um, and they have um, really great professors and not just yeah. in journalism, but also just in, even in the arts department. Um, and so, um, I was still blessed with like a really great education there. And I mean, uh, for me, I, I haven't really been the type of person to uh, really care about what other people's opinions are about, you know, my life decisions. Um, I really just live it for me because it is my life and my happiness at the end of the day. And I know that, you know, what I'm doing is to impact society. And that's 
that's always the work that I have loved doing. And for me, journalism and, and content creation is, is how I do that. Before I ask my question, I genuinely love that you included how you don't necessarily care what other people think, because that's a really strong-rooted message, especially me being a Bengali youth or maybe other youth out there who are listening to this podcast. I love that you included that because it's so important, and you're succeeding greatly in that field. So thank you for mentioning that. Um, <laughs> there's, a great, there's a great book, but you guys should read if you haven't. It's called The Subtle Art, Art of Not Giving mm. a F. I've read that. Yeah, yeah, it's one of my favorite books, and it talks a lot about that. It actually helped me change a lot of my mindset uh, uh, about a lot of things. Also, Amisha, if you haven't read it, you should definitely read it. Um, I've read a little bit of it. Thank you so much for mentioning that too. It's a really great book. Um, So, one thing I wanted to ask you was throughout your life, you mentioned that journalism was something that was prominent in your uh, method of thinking. What steered you towards that direction? Was there a significant event or was it just something you've always been passionate about? Yeah, so it definitely has been something I've I've always been passionate about since I was a kid. You know, we used to get the New York Times delivered every day and the the news to this day still plays on my house uh, all the time. And I genuinely enjoyed watching the news and knowing what was happening in in locally and around the world and I from a very young age I was very aware that there were that there was this divide between people who had access to information and also were able to voice themselves and people who had something to say and wanted uh, to to say something and and you know express their their own opinions but we're not given a platform to and for me I always wanted to be able to give a platform to that latter group of people um and so I I always I always used to say when I was younger that I wanted to be um an investigative journalist traveling with the New York Times and you know uncovering hidden stories and uh that's that's still something I I do want to do maybe not with uh, and or a specific, it doesn't have to be with a specific organization, but um, that intention and that motivation is, is still what drives me. In journalism, did you ever face, because um, you mentioned that you are crucial and imperative on uncovering the truth. In journalism, did you ever face moments where you recognize that sometimes you were retaliated against for up bringing forth the truth? <laughs> um. I'm laughing because, uh, yes. Um, um, so I definitely have a knack for going towards, uh, controversial stories. Um, and certainly, and I, I, I always, even, you know, if it's not a, a journalistic story, but even just some of my other projects i i do always have that thought in the back of my head of how will people respond um and will this be the one that you know gets me excommunicated um uh but um yeah i mean at the end of the day i really try to for me it's 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 more important to present 
that truth because without it, how do we progress? Um, and for me, it was, it's always been about breaking down the, the gatekeepers and, um, you know, even with, with my film work and, and, and from a producer aspect, uh, like I mentioned, it's still about, um, you know, giving access to, to people to tell their stories, um, even if there's going to be some backlash. I, yeah, I also I noticed that you're also very involved with Brango Magazine. How did that come about? Yeah, uh, Brango Magazine. So I mean, I've I, I had been reading Brango Magazine since its inception, uh, which I had found because my brother had actually forwarded it to me. Um, and in 2017, um, I reached out to them to ask them to partner with me on my annual gala. It was the first one that I was hosting for my initiative to build schools in India. Um, and so then from, from there, I, I joined um, as a contributor um, and have just uh, stayed involved with, with their events and, and other projects. And they also um, have continuously supported me with, with the stuff that I do. Yeah, I think they're they're a great um, example for what like I would like, I would love Boney to turn into. I think they are they're very. What I really uh, admire about them is they're they're very supportive of of other uh, organizations and just people coming up, um, and and that's and that's great to see. How do you juggle all of this? Because it sounds like, you know, you have you have the day job, you have passion projects, you're a staff writer for Bra. How how are you juggling all of this? Uh... I don't know. I don't know. I really, <laughs> um, it's a question that I uh, ask myself all the time as well. Um, but um, I honestly, sometimes I just operate on this like uh, other dimension and like not in my body kind of world where I just, ha I know that I have to do something and I just, I just, do it um and i uh, you know sometimes you know there's been times where i've stayed up 72 hours straight um which is uh definitely not great for your health but um you know things need to get done and and it's all just a part of the hustle um but but yeah it's it's really just at the end of the day just the the passion that that fuels all of it and the and my desire to um, pro progress our, our society. Um, so, yeah. As Kamrul mentioned, you know, juggling your passion projects, your job, and staff writing, throughout your journey, what would you say has been the biggest obstacle you've had to overcome throughout all this? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I think... Part of it is, is, is definitely the, the time aspect, right? Because, you know, having the nine to five, definitely, you know, that's, it, it takes up basically all of my most productive hours. Um, and so then ha having to come home, already being exhausted from work and now having to find that will to do 
um, you know, everything else. Um, and always being frustrated, like I don't have um, all the time. And then, you know, sometimes that, that affects my, my personal relationships because I, I don't get to see my friends as often. And so that's, that's definitely been um, a, a pretty big challenge for me, um, just mentally. Um, and then, you know, also just as a, as a woman of color, just the access to, to resources and, and funding isn't the same. Um, but, you know, with, with Balich and with a few other projects, I've, I've really tried to, to push that boundary. Yeah, talk about that a little bit, about the business side of things. You know, obviously, you're an artsy person. You have talent in that regard. Uh, how have you been navigating the business side of things? Uh, like you said, the funding, um, you know, at least at some point you would want the uh, film to be profitable. How, how are you navigating that? Yeah, so, I mean, with, without specifically, you know, we did a, a crowd fundraiser um, and we also brought on sponsors like Constitorial and Mirkai. And, and like I mentioned, that film really benefited from the community support. Um, so that was, was we were super grateful for um, because we were able to um, show how there was this need to tell this story um, and have this representation on screen. Um, and so, you know, I, I think, it's it's been really awesome to see that people in the community giving back because I think sometimes what really hinders us is that we don't really support each other in the way that we need to. Um, and, you know, there's still that lack of support um, in, in certain situations. Um, but you know it's it's really important that if we do want the South Asian culture to sort of permeate into the mainstream, and if we really want to see that that representation that we so want, um, that we do need that that support has to start in the community um, itself. Um, and we were really happy that that we found it for Dalek. You know, um, tackling on the fact that you said there needs to be more of this sort of talk in the community of representation of South Asian um, culture and people within media, at the position you are at now, which is incredible, and I'm sure you have so many more accomplishments to be made in the future, what is a piece of advice you would give to the youth? Um, yeah, um, I mean, I think for for the upcoming generation, uh, you know, it's it's really about keeping faith, um, having patience and, and perseverance, um, and also um, being open to challenging us, challenging um, um, our, our parents on, on certain things, right? Of course, we want to remain respectful to our elders, um, but even with Dalek, right, it was about opening up that dialogue between the generations and um, with, uh, I think it's, it's it really about just knowing that anything really is possible. Um, 
but you you need to have that that grit and faith that you are going to make that happen. Yeah, you know what? The grit grit is a really uh, critical uh, word, and you know I think some some of that. Uh, we do get from our immigrant parents, I feel. You know, you talked about when I asked you earlier, how are you getting through it? I feel like some of us, we definitely see our parents do, you know, do that, do things like that, right? You know, work multiple jobs and um, take care of, you know, kids without any help, things like that. Like, I feel like we've kind of learned from that. A lot of our, a lot of the, um, a lot of our kids, you know, of, of immigrant parents, we kind of get that from them too. And obviously there's, there's so many issues that, um, we do need to work through with them, but at least we got that. I think we got some grit from them. Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. Immigrant parents are some of the hardest working people, um, and and we definitely inherit that that work ethic, which is um, awesome for us. Yeah, I think uh, so. I really admire everything you're doing. Obviously, keep uh, us up to date, updated on everything you're doing. Obviously, we're more market. Uh, Dawat, uh, with this podcast and anything else you need. Um, really uh, interesting conversation, and um, I hope you come back whatever, whenever you have something else going on. Yeah, I love to. Thank you for, for having me on. I really appreciate it. I do it for my people, always in my thoughts. I gotta be honest. With diamonds and pearls, yeah, yeah. Bengalis in New York. All over the world, uh, it's the bony show. Uh, hey, can you handle this? Representing the boroughs where the bangles live. From the slang we spit to the gangs we with. It doesn't matter, we the essence of the Bangladesh. I say, hey, come on, can you handle this? Representing the boroughs where the bangles live. From